worshiping. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is definitely powerful and strong and alive and active, and so is His Word. Um, I got pretty excited a couple days ago. The Lord reminded me of the passage of Scripture that I'm going to minister on today. And um, Living Logos was supposed to be here, and I had to call them Thursday night um, once we got the directive from the governor that uh, we wouldn't be having service, so um, you guys are stuck with me. <laughs> no, just kidding. I was super excited to be able to, to minister today and, and uh, talk to our family and uh, be able to share with you what God's doing, what he, what's on our heart, um, and say it is well with our soul. Amen. So, um, just a little, just something I've kind of been seeing and, and uh, not really talking about our church or um, any church for that matter. Um, super cool to see that the church is uniting. And, and when we're talking about the church, it's not the building. We all know that. But it is us, the, the Christians, the, the church. The, it, there is something special about joining together, though. That God did design that. And uh, we're working out, trying to figure out ways we can do that. And I know, I know Americans and I know church people, Christians, we're pretty um, ingenuitive. We can figure stuff out. Like I just made up a word. That's kind of cool. But we can um, figure out ways to get things done. And uh, so we're working on that. Um, some of you have been, a lot of folks have been sending me lots of things to read and look at and um, keep an eye on. And that's awesome, but there's only so much time in the day. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I've been answering every call that's come. Every, and I'm going to probably have to take some time at some point and have, have a day where I, I'm not doing that. So um, we will switch off and probably different pastors will be on for that day or not. And just that way we're not everyone's wore out at the end of this. And, and uh, that is biblical. We're going to continue to follow the word of God. Even through this, we're going to Sabbath, we're going to rest. So, um, but thank you for all the information. And, um, and for in these times, we got to have that. So, so, but with all that, do me a favor, church. We're not in competition with other churches. We're not going live to glorify our church, to get a big web presence, any of those things. We're doing that so that we can have fellowship as a church. Now, the cool thing is, is God's using all that. And many people all around the world are going are to get, get the gospel today that normally wouldn't. So that's a great thing. And I personally, it's not, it's not on my high agenda that they necessarily see our live feed or hear my message. As long as people all around the world or all around the United States are opening up their phones and hearing a pastor preach the gospel, I'm super excited about that. We're not in competition with one another. Um, we are going out as the church, um, being his hands and his feet, praying for people, um, helping people. And we're not broadcasting, and you don't have to broadcast that, hey, we're from New Life. You just go do it, because that's what Christians do. We're, we're his hands and feet, and that's what we do. So it is cool. We, there has been a lot of that going on. I will share one testimony. Um, it was really cool. I got to go downtown this last week, and um, I have been visiting my neighbors. I have been um, praying for them, and I did have a great opportunity to help one of them um, in a time of need, and that was cool. But I did pray with someone and a business owner downtown um, in Jackson this last week, and they weren't too excited, honestly, um, to hear or have someone pray for them as it started because um, they had um, had a, a, a negative encounter with someone in the past, and they were Pentecostal. And um, I didn't say a word. I just smiled. I just kind of laughed. And, and as we just continued talking and um, just went on past the prayer thing, after a little while, they, they said, well, I guess it would be okay. And uh, so I got to pray with them. And I prayed 
um, kind of what we're going to be in our message about, that the Lord would supernaturally provide for them so that God would be able to, I had shared with them that God had brought um, manna from heaven in the past. He's, he's provided quail for the children of Israel. They didn't go without, and, and he's not going to leave us stranded at this time either. And so anyways, about an hour and a half later, um, her landlord of the shop called and said, I'm going to cut your written half. Now, needless to say, she was pretty excited um, that God had heard her, and, and she shared with someone in the church. I had no idea. She never said she knew anyone in our church, and I don't remember telling her what church we were a part of, but somehow it did get back, and I got a message from someone in our church that this uh, individual said we could share the story, don't use her name or the business, but that at a, an hour and a half after we left and we prayed, God showed up, and she said, wow, that is a miracle. That is amazing, and make sure you tell your pastor. So that was an awesome thing. Now, had had this thing not happened, I don't know. We do go out and pray once in a while for businesses and people, but that was a divine appointment. And so use this opportunity. Let your light so shine before men. Amen? This is an opportunity. There's a lot of people questioning things. There's a lot of people in fear. And as Pastor David quoted uh, 1 Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So be the church. This building isn't the church. We are the church. Whatever we do, the church does. Whatever we don't do, the church doesn't do. So be the church. Amen? Amen. And when you are on social media, when you are, limit your time. Limit your time. But when you are on social media, when you are commenting, remember that you're the church. I've just seen a lot of stuff. People are starting to get a little like biting one another and, here, and even Christians. Don't do that. There's been some folks, see, I told you I warned and nobody would listen and blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, that was, that was yesterday. We're, we're in today. And uh, obviously, we're, we're not negating the facts that there's a virus. Uh, but telling people that, like, you tried to warn them and they didn't listen, but now you're asking people to pray and whatever. It's getting weird. Like, let's not do that. Encourage one another in your most holy faith. And thank you, those who were warning and saying, yeah, I appreciate that. And and also, let's not, let's not use this as a time to devour one another. We're going to build up one another. Amen? Amen. I know, I know that you will do that. So praise the Lord. Let's get into the Word, because it never returns void. Amen? If you have your Bibles, hopefully you have a Bible in your house. They don't, if you have your phone. I don't know if you can do that, if you can minimize this and the phone. So probably Bibles are going to come real popular again. <laughs> That's a good thing. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 and... Uh, this is a passage of scripture that's miraculous. Um, it's about Elijah, so I love it. I love Elijah. He was an amazing prophet, man of God. And he was human, flesh and blood, had emotions, and he wasn't always on top of the mountain. But he did uh, do some amazing, amazing things through the power of the Lord. A little background. In, um, before chapter 17, um, there was an evil king that was ruling this area. His name was Ahab, and he was married to... Um, uh, a woman named Jezebel, and she's been um, pretty widely known, and no one really names their daughters Jezebel. There's a reason. <laughs> she was not the kindest or the, the most uh, encouraging individual, and Ahab was a, was a mess himself. So the times that Elijah are in are they're dire. And um, I just want to give you a little background. Elijah had, the Lord had shown Elijah and told him that there was going to be a great famine. And when we get into chapter 17, um, this is so. But the cool thing, the encouraging thing that we're going to see through this passage of Scripture is that even through, through this famine, the Lord told Elijah and told him where to go. He said, go over here, go get by this creek. And he had water. And the Lord provided for him. The Lord 
brought ravens that would bring him food every single day. How many say that's a good thing? That's a good thing. In the midst, the midst of um, a famine, in the midst of a lot of things that aren't good, God is providing for his, for his people. God is bringing supernatural provision. That's a good thing. Now, it kind of gets weird is then the creek, the little brook dries up and the ravens quit bringing food. So what do we do now? Oh, no, there's no more. Well, here we, here we land in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe, oh, I'm in a, my bad, verse 8. I was giving you the verse 1, which was Elijah getting fed by ravens. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, I'm going to stop for just a second. Um, good word right here. The Lord says to Elijah, Go and live. <laughs> That's really good, rather than go and die. <laughs> just, I didn't see that as I was studying earlier in the week, but uh, I did see that this morning, and it kind of made me laugh. And I worked with someone for a while, and um, there's a little joke to the go and die thing. Um, so anyways, it did, it did crack me up. And that's always a good word when you hear the Lord tell you, go and live. Amen. So in the village, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. Um, this isn't in Israel. I have in, instructed a widow there to feed you. This is kind of a fun little side note. God has instructed a Gentile woman to take care of Elijah, his, his man. Um, just saying. He has instructed, he's given instruction for a widow to feed you. So what does Elijah do? He went. He went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Now that kind of cracks me up. This is like a typical guy, right? Typical man. You know, he sees the widow, the Lord. Hey, you know what? Would you, would you get me a little glass of water? How many have done that with your wife? And while you're up <laughs> or, or vice versa, while you're up, could you get this? And then as you're getting, you know, some brownie might sound good with that glass of milk too. You know, the, while you're up. So, so here's, it, it just, it just kind of humors me. This is, you know, even though this is, I, I didn't look it up how many years, but it's probably three, 4,000 years ago. Um, things haven't changed a whole heck of a lot. While you're up, get me some, something extra. He said, uh, bring me a little water, cup of water. And as she was going to get it, bring me a bite of bread too. Verse 12. But she said, I swear by the Lord, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. Boy, that is depressing. That is not encouraging. Um, Listen to what the man of God says, verse 13. She said, now Elijah said, verse 13. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. That's a good word right there. Don't be afraid. There's never a good time to be afraid. It's never a good time to be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear, church. 
This is still the same word. God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He, he's not said, and he's not going to say, okay, now it's time to fear. That's not the voice of the Lord. That's the voice of the enemy. And you're, you're going to watch the news. And I know we have to watch some of these things. We need to stay informed. When you're watching these things, do not fear. Don't be afraid. There's, it's, some of this is truth. There's some facts. Some of this stuff is, you know, it's doom and gloom. And, and, and while we're doing that, um, pray for our leaders. And I'm not just talking about me. Um, I know what I've been struggling with this last week of just, um, no one's really been in this spot before. Um, and even our governor. Please pray for our governor. I, I watched a press conference and um, the Lord just put on my heart, begin to pray for him. Not that I haven't been, but um, I haven't thought very well, honestly. I'm just being real. I'm, he's not my biggest fan. Um, but I have a compassion now, um, a little different. I can't imagine what it would be like. I know the pressure and the stresses and, and, and uh, uh, what there is. And, and just as a pastor, I can't imagine what it would be as a governor of all the things that, that you're having to um, stay informed on, read, watch, listen to, hear. And what little bit I'm dealing with, I can't imagine on that level. So play, please pray for our governor. Pray for the governors of the United States. And then I had to pray for our president. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine the stress and the um, just exhaustion that these men and women are under that are leading us. So please, if, if pray for your pastors. Pray for those who are in authority, any position that have to make decisions. Um, we're not praying out of fear. <laughs> we're not praying out of fear. We're praying because we do have the answer. We do have power. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his spirit. And I've been praying, and we just prayed this morning before service, that there would be a greater release of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in these times. Because we need power. We need, we need that boldness to witness. We need a boldness to come against the fear and the opposition that we're facing. So we're not going to back down. We're not, we're not slowing down. God hasn't called me or called all the other pastors that are in these times to slow down and to go backwards. He's called us for such a time as this to go forward, to take ground. And he's called you, the church, to do the same thing. So we're not going to back down. We're not going to go backwards. We're not going to crawl up in a ball in fear and start, you know, huddling in a little mess. And we're going to stand on the word of God. We're going to get the word in us and, and strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves and go out and be light to the world. Amen? Amen. And it's okay if you're at home. It would be really cool if you would amen, because I will probably feel that. It's a lot better. This is very strange. So... Just like you normally would. Um, don't fall asleep like you normally would. I'm just saying, those of you who have a tendency to do that, stand up, walk around, do something different. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, I still will try to make you laugh. Don't be afraid, verse 13, Elijah said. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Boy, that's interesting. Isn't that what we've been kind of preaching and talking about? Do unto others as you'd have done, to you, do unto, done unto you. Don't put yourself in the first spot. Put others in first place and put yourself in second place. This is a, a powerful thing. Can you imagine? This is bold. Elijah, you know, the prophet types are pretty bold. It takes someone bold to do something like that. Like, hey, by the way, you just told me that you only have a, like, a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and you and your son are going to eat that and then go die? You know what? Don't worry about that. Don't be afraid. Um, just go ahead and make me a little something first. 
and then whatever's left. You Can you imagine? I mean, there would be a revolt. I'm just saying, it, probably a bigger revolt than us having church last week. <laughs> there would be a revolt of, of a man of God saying, hey, you know that little bit that you got that you're about to eat and die? Why don't you feed me first? There's a principle there that I think I don't want us to miss. And it's the same principle that's all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament. Given, it shall be given to you. Do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. We as children and sons and daughters of God are not the most important thing on this planet. Jesus still is. And those who don't know him are a lot more important in my, than, than we are as believers. The worst thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to die and go to heaven. There's a, a lot of people around us right now that don't know who Christ is. That's not okay. That's not a good thing. We need to make sure that we are giving, being the, the, the uh, hands and the feet of, the, of, of God, that we're not holding back and, and just concerned about ourselves and, well, I'm going to protect myself and my family and forget everybody else. That is not biblical. That's not godly. That is not the answer for where we're at in these times. Give. Give. Look, look what, the, what, what God does with this. He says, use what's left over and prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the, the Lord, the God of Israel says. It's real important to hear what the Lord, the God of Israel says in times like this. Listen to what God said. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Somebody out there say amen and shout hallelujah. This is good news, church. Verse 15, so she did as Elijah said. That's a good idea. We should do what the Lord says. We should do what the man of God of the hour says. Let's listen to the Lord in these times. It says, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Just as the Lord had promised. Now, this is encouraging. I do have some notes. They're not a whole bunch. You guys are so lucky. Um, I could have taken a lot of advantage of this situation knowing that you're at home. Um, I don't have to let you go really early because you can just sit, go to your cupboard and eat. And I could preach for like four hours today. I'm not going to do that. I only brought one page. Um, most of the time you guys get two or three. Um, part of that was I didn't have a whole heck of a lot of time, honestly, to prepare a message because I thought Living Logos was going to be here up until Thursday night. And uh, I haven't just been sitting in my house preparing a message since Thursday night. Believe me that. Um, I'm very grateful that the Lord had already kind of prompted a, a, this passage of Scripture on my heart. And he helped me uh, put together. Well, there's four points and there's not much else. So everything else, we're just relying on the Lord. Amen. But our first point, this is uh, something I, I felt really stand out that, that we need to pay attention to is. In verse 12, she says, but she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I highlighted, I don't have. Point one, don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus on what you don't have. We need to focus and pay attention to what we do have. We have a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. We have our provisions met. If you don't have your provisions met, guess what? We have provisions here at the church. We're going to help you. We're going to be the, the church of Acts. In the, in the end of uh, Acts chapter 2, the, the believers and the Christians pooled all their things together, and they helped one another. That's what we're going to do, because that's what the church does. So don't focus on what you don't have. Look around and see what you do have. I, I, I was pretty blessed. I got to go out for a, a walk. Just being honest, um, I had to go for a few walks here recently just so that I could get away from my phone and 
just hear the voice of the Lord and, and, get, and look at the sky. Look at, look at his creation. It, when you go outside and look at the creation, it brings things back in balance. It brings things back in, like, he's taking care of all this stuff without any help from me. This is the sun, and unless he comes back, and if he comes back be tonight and we don't see the sun come up tomorrow, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But more than likely, the sun's going to come up in the morning. Praise the Lord. He, he's taking care of all those things. So go outside, walk around. Um, I even started to do like a run thing, which is a little, I mean, just saying, I, I've always told my kids, I'm like a dog. I only run if there's a ball involved. Like I ran in sports and baseball because you, you chase a ball. Um, basketball, I'd run because you're playing with the ball. Football, same thing. I never really just run to run. I, I've always thought you got to be kind of, I don't know, something's off. But I started to run a little bit, not a lot. But it, it is good to, to get some endorphins going. Get some, get some clean, fresh air outside. Go walk around. Go do something, and, and it builds up your faith. So, so I encourage you to do that. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes off of what you don't have. Start looking at what we do have. We are blessed. We're blessed even in the midst of this. Even if, even if, God forbid, you get sick, you're still blessed. We serve a God who is greater than that sickness. We have a rock that we can stay planted on, and his name's Jesus. There's a lot of people who don't have that. So focus on what you do have, and don't get your eyes on the things that you don't have. Amen? Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor Steve. Well, thank you. <laughs> in times like this, in times like this, we don't focus on what we don't have. When you start focusing on what you don't have, you're growing fear. You are building fear. You're growing fear. You don't want to grow fear. We have an opportunity to focus on what we do have and focus on our God and grow your faith. Grow your faith in these times. Every time you get your eyes on what we don't have, or, that's why I'm saying limit how much news you watch. Limit how much uh, social media you're on. And I know y'all get here, well, we're building people up with it too. Yes, we are. So I'm not saying it's evil, but limit it. Spend the time in the real truth. This is, this is 100% accurate truth every single time. It's never going to change. Tomorrow when you pick it up, it's still 100% truth. This is what we want to spend more time on than anything else so that we can filter all the other stuff that we're seeing and hearing and listening to. If you don't have a Bible, I mean, the Bible should be bought, getting bought off the shelf at this time. We're talking freaked out about toilet paper. People should be going running. They're running to gun shops. And it's kind of funny. California, there was one to take everyone's gun away. Now the gun shops are, I mean, if you own a gun store, you're doing good right now. People are freaked out. The Bible is the most, most peaceful thing you can have. The, the stinking CBD oil shops and the pot shops, they're staying open because that's an essential thing for people to you know, have peace. And holy smokes. Holy smokes. It's not holy smoke. <laughs> it's not holy smoke. However, this, the stuff, the real thing that's going to bring you peace is the word of God. There should be Bible shops open. We, there we should have like 24 hours, seven day a week, selling the Bibles or giving Bibles out so people could come and get fed and get their peace built up and get out of fear. Amen? Amen. If you don't have a Bible, here you go. If you don't have a Bible, come by New Life. 87 West Ridge Road, Sutter Creek. I would say that's an essential. Just saying. You're going to need a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, do that, and we'll get you a Bible. Amen. And if someone, I said it, I'm not afraid to say it, I'll get you a Bible. Tell them, tell them Pastor Steve said so. I'm okay with that. Grow faith, not fear. I th reminded of a passage when I was looking at this point. Um, where you don't have to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. Moses, Moses is kind of, he's in a spot. He's freaked out. God wants him to go and be his mouthpiece and go to Pharaoh 
and uh, he's like, I'm not really excited about this. And he starts telling God, like, uh, I'm not a guy who can speak very well. And, and I feel that way with that camera. I mean, that's like this camera deal. I'm just saying, um, it's like David and Goliath thing. I just keep like throwing in my mind. I'm like, ooh, slingshot, kill that thing. But just saying, you, you have to um, look at what do you have? God was telling Moses, I want you to go be my mouthpiece. And, and he's freaked out looking at what his issues are. He's saying, I can't speak. I have a stuttering problem. I don't do that very well. He's focusing on what he doesn't have. And God tells him, what's that in your hand? What's in your hand? He basically told Moses, get your eyes off of what you don't have. What's in your hand? He said, well, it's a staff. He said, throw it down. So he threw it down. It turned into a snake. He said, now pick it up by the tail. He picked it up and it turned back into a staff. He was telling God, and he did some other cool things. He said, Stick your hand out. Put your hand in your thing. Pull it out. It was leprous. Then he said, put it back in. He pulled it out. It wasn't. God was showing Moses, look, what do you got? Whatever you got, I'm going to use it. I'm supernatural. I'm not worried about what you don't have. What do you have? Now give that to me and let me use it. Amen? That's good preaching. That's, that's what we need to do in these times. Don't focus on what you don't have. That, that woman said, I don't have a single piece of bread in this house. And that's legit. That's a fact. She didn't. She didn't have anything else. But, but what's the man of God say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Bring, being afraid doesn't change anything, except for your attitude and your stress level goes up. But being afraid isn't going to make anything better. Look at what you do have. Point two. Prophesy life. Do not prophesy death. Even in the church, there's, I really, I hope you hear my heart in this. Um, I am paying attention. I'm watching the news and I get sent a lot of stuff like, well, are you aware of this? Are you aware of that? Are you aware? Yes. I, I'm not trying to focus too much on the prophesying of the death thing. And I don't feel as leaders, um, we need to be going like, well, there's a high probability that half this state's going to get infected. You don't know that. I'm not going to prophesy death. I'm not going to prophesy doom and gloom. Prophesy life, church. Speak life. Who is your God? Like, there's enough people sharing all that information. I'm not sharing it. I'm going to share the truth. I'm going to share the Word of God. I'm going to share hope. That's, that's what's in my hand. That's what I have possession of. I'm going to share my peace in a time like this, because I have that, because Jesus is my Prince of Peace. He lives inside of me, and I'm going to share that to people who don't have it, because guess what? If you don't have peace right now, you need Jesus. And I know how to help you get there. You just talk to him. You say, Jesus, I need you. There's no such thing as a sinner prayer in the Bible. If you can find me the sinner's prayer, I'll, I'll agree with you. But there's not one. God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. If you're all messed up and you're freaked out and you need peace, and he says, I'm your peace, then you call out to him. He says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you call out to him in that moment. You call out to him in that. And you watch what he does. He'll lift you up. He'll calm the storm. Jesus had his disciples on the boat, and they were all wigged out because there was a big, huge storm. And Jesus is falling asleep. He's sleeping in the boat like a baby. Church, in this time, instead of freaking out, go lay down next to Jesus. Go lay down next to Jesus and take a nap with him. Rest with him. Because you go wake him up. I don't know about you. I don't like getting woke up if I'm taking a nap. That's why I don't take many of them. Jesus gets up, and I'm just saying he might have been a little grumpy. He got up and what did he do? He went and rebuked the wind and the sea. 
And he calmed it down. He said, peace be still. And then he turned to his disciples and said, oh, ye of little faith. Now, Jesus really wasn't rebuking him. But if you woke me up in the middle of that, and I'm just saying, if I'm resting in peace, hey, church, listen to me. If you see your brother's sisters resting in peace, don't go shaking them and going, did you see what the news said? Did you see what's going on all around the world? Are you, let them rest in peace. We're all aware. We all have news. We, but if you see me resting in peace, please don't, please don't send me 150 things of, of why this virus is even what. I serve a God that's bigger than that. And if, you're, if that upsets you, and I know there's people that are upset that we went to, we had church last week. If that upsets you, then don't watch. We're still in America. We have freedoms. It's beautiful. If this is upsetting you, then, then watch something that's not upsetting. But if you see brothers and sisters of Christ and they're resting and they're in peace, either crawl up next to them or when they wake up and you see them, then say, hey, how do you get peace like that? Amen? Amen. That was for free. It wasn't in my notes. Let's not prophesy life. Let's not prophesy death. I mean, let's prophesy life and not prophesy death. Did you hear the words? I mean, this so stood out to me. She said, I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. Speak life. You know what? There's still a God. His name is Alpha and Omega, King of Kings, Jehovah Rapha. He is the God who healeth thee. Speak life. Let's speak life, church. Let's encourage one another. Build up one another in our most holy faith. That's what we're to do in times like this. Sometimes you may see me down. And, and newsflash, okay, church and whoever else is watching, your pastors aren't perfect. They're human beings. They're human beings. We have emotions. We have to wrestle with fear just like you. I'm not going to lie and tell you that um, allergy season's going on. Every time I get a little drip or um, my, I'm, the devil's going to, oh, see, you've got coronavirus. You, shut up. No, I don't. I got allergies. I have to address that and I have to prophesy life. No, I'm praying and, and I encourage you, soak in Psalm 91. Read it every single day. Read it multiple times a day if that's what it takes, but get the word in you and get your faith established. That's what you need. That's the truth. Amen? Amen. Thank you for the amens across the bedrooms if you haven't went and ate or fell asleep yet. <laughs> prophesy life. Don't prophesy death. Point three. We need to listen in these times, what is the Lord saying? There's plenty of news out there, and there's people, all kinds of people saying all kinds of stuff. But you got to get to the point where we go, what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying? See, this, this, uh, the widow of Zarephath, she was saying one thing, Elijah's saying one thing, and you've heard me saying through the Sermon on the Mount, it really doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what you say, but it really matters what Jesus says. It really matters what our Father says. So what is He saying? Let's, and if you're not sure, then get in the Word and find out what He's saying. Get in, get in some worship time, put some worship music on, and, and still yourself, be still, and let Him speak to you. What is God saying? And then you listen to that voice, and you tune out all the other stuff, because His voice trumps everything else. Amen? Amen. What is the Lord saying? So right after she prophesies death, it says, but Elijah said to her, verse 13, don't be afraid. 
I love this. Go ahead and do just what you've said. He says, don't be afraid. Just go ahead and keep doing what you were going to do. You were about to go take some sticks, build a fire, take some oil, take some flour, make some bread. Just go ahead and keep doing that. Hey, church, you still have to live. We still have to live. Keep on living. Don't, don't ever curl up in a ball and say, well, that's it. Coronavirus is going to get me. Stop it. Quit prophesying your death. Get up. Stir up yourself. Fan into flame the gift that's inside of you. His name's the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of the resurrection God, the resurrection power that lives inside of you. Stand up and let that spirit begin to rise inside of you. Don't prophesy doom and gloom. What is the Lord saying? Don't be afraid. Keep on doing what you were doing. Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to, report, you're going to believe CNN? You're going to believe Fox? Now hear me. I'm not saying that there's not facts. I'm not stupid. I understand there is a coronavirus. I understand that. I'm just not in agreement with all the numbers and all the stats and all the, the prophesying of death that's going on saying all this stuff's going to happen. You don't know that. I don't know that. Here's what I know. That hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that stuff's happening across the world, but we are seeking God. We're still a godly country. We're still a nation that puts our faith and trust in him. And he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble himself and pray and seek my face, then he will hear from heaven. He will heal our land and forgive our sin. That's what I know, and that's what we need to be standing on. That's why we're going to put that into action, and we're going to pray Wednesday. We're going to fast, and we're going to seek the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? Amen. That's the reality we're in. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to report the enemy's re- listen to the enemy's report? If you listen to that report, he's coming after you. And that hasn't changed. What is new about this? The thief still comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Nothing new. He's been doing that. He's going to keep doing that. But here's the truth. What has Jesus come to do? He's come to give us life. And not just life, abundance of life. That's the report I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe he's still on the throne. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. He's the Lord our God who changes not. And as sisters uh, Amy Simple McPherson would say, he's the great I am, not the great I was. He's still the great I am. And tomorrow he's still going to be the great I am. He can't change. He can't go against what he is. Amen? Amen. What is the Lord saying? What is the Lord saying to you? The Lord's been saying to me, for such a time as this, you're in the kingdom. Church, for such a time as this, we're in the kingdom. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? This could be what, remember the flip? Jesus always flips things. This could be what flips the whole revival of this nation, of the world, that this coronavirus came and the children and the sons and daughters of God stood up and they said, not on my watch. And they humbled themselves. They asked God to forgive us of our sin. Church, intercede for the nation. We still, this nation has killed a lot of unborn babies. This nation has done things that we should not do, that has agreed with things and laws that we should not agree with. Now hear me, I'm not saying this isn't God's judgment going, I'm gonna, since you did that, I'm going to bring the coronavirus to straighten you out. I'm not saying that, but here's what I know. He can use it. He can use it to get our attention. I remember uh, 2001, 9-11 hit. The church got filled up with people. They are all freaked out. Oh, no. The church filled up, but the sad thing is, is it dropped out real fast. 
Use this. Go out and share the truth. Go out and share your faith. Go let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and they will glorify your Father who is in heaven, not yourself. We're not doing things and going out and praying for people so they can say, oh, well, that Pastor Steve, he's a good guy. No, there's nothing good in me. If there's anything good in me, it's Jesus. Oh, that New Life Church, boy, there's something. No, that's New Life Church ain't nothing. We're a bunch of broken, messed up people just like everyone else that know they need a Savior, and we haven't running into the arms of a loving God, and He has put us on a solid rock, and everything else is shaking sand. That's, that's what New Life looks like. But we're not promoting New Life. We're promoting Jesus Christ, who is the rock. There's lots of voices out there. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Whose voice are you going to believe? I'm going to close with this point. I don't even know. What time is it? We're doing all right, huh? If you need to go get a brownie or a snack, you can. <laughs> you can have uh, food and drinks in your sanctuary at home today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop there. I could keep going, but I'm not. I felt the Holy Spirit say stop it. So, Point four. The widow did what the Lord said. The widow did what the Lord said. That's called faith in action. She didn't just hear it. Now, uh, up until this morning, I didn't really notice this. Um, cool thing is in the, uh, verse 8. Well, here's what she did. Verse 15 says, So she did as Elijah said. She heard what the Lord said. The report that God said was that for this is what the Lord God said of Israel. There will always be flour and olive left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Whose report are you going to believe? There will always be enough. We are his children. He said, if I will take care of the birds of the air that are here today and gone tomorrow, and they don't store up in barns, but I provide for them every single day, how much more will I provide for you who I love, who are created in my image? Whose report are you going to believe? She said, he said to her, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So point four, the widow did what the Lord said, which is faith in action. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? She literally said, this is the end. I'm going to make this. Me and my son are going to die. The man of God said, make some for me first. She had to make a choice. Am I going to believe what he's saying? Or am I going to take care of me and my son? Well, that's a tough choice. But she believed. Look what God did. Every single day, they'd get up. Can you imagine? I mean, especially the first morning, that had to be a trip. That's the biggest one. That first step of faith is always the biggest one. Can you imagine? She used the last of it, poured it out. She saw, it's gone. I have no more. The next day, there's that same, and I don't think he dropped a full thing, that same little amount. Here you go, make some more. Every day, is it going to be there tomorrow? I just poured out the last of it. Is it going to be there tomorrow? said the Lord provided. They never ran out. That's supernatural provision, church. That's supernatural. That's what the church has. That's what believers have that the rest of the world don't have. They're not going to understand our faith sometimes. 
Don't get all twisted and all worked up. And sometimes even his own people don't understand his faith and understand his word sometimes. There's supernatural faith. There's supernatural power. We serve a God that is superior to nature and to what everyone else says. See, it, it doesn't add up. You don't normally just go pour out your oil and all the rest of your flour and it just keeps showing up. But because God said it would, it did. Here's something kind of cool. I didn't see this um, yesterday when I was looking at this passage of Scripture. I just saw it this morning. If we go all the way back up to verse 8, bear with me, go all the way back up to verse 8, and we're closing. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. Now look at this part right here. This is what God told Elijah. He had already spoke to the, to the widow. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Before Elijah ever got there, God knew that that lady was running out of flour and running out of oil. He knew that. And he'd already given her instruction, said, I have a man of God, there's a prophet coming, to you, and he's going to come to your house, and you're going to have to give him what little bit left you have. And apparently, that message was not an encouraging message to her, because when the man of God came, and, and could you imagine... God tells you, okay, this is how it's going to happen. This guy's going to come. This is where you're going to be, and I need you to do this. Listen to what she said, because she knew that Elijah was a prophet. She knew that he was a man of God, because in her response, when, when he said to her, verse 12, he says, but she said, I swear by the Lord your God. How did she know that? God had already, already prophesied to her, spoke to her, prepared her heart to do what he was asking her to do. Church, we need to listen to his voice. It's not always going to sound peachy keen. It's not always going to sound like the, the, the normal church message is, oh, God, praise God, he just wants to pour out abundance blessing on everybody, and you're just going to, vats are going to be full. Not always. This lady was listening to the Lord, and what little bit there was, he said, I need that. And she poured it out, and he kept feeling it. He had already prepared her. Listen to that. How many's had that war? God, God speaks to you, but then you hear all the other reports. You hear all the other stuff, and, and, and you look with your natural eyes. Here's the facts, Lord. Natural. I got that much flour. I got this much oil. That's reality. But we have been called to walk by faith, not by sight. What is he saying? That is more real than what your eyes see. That's not popular, I know, but it's the, it's the truth. So God had already prepared her heart, and Elijah reminds her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then she comes to the place of putting that faith into action. It's not until the faith gets put into action that the flour starts to stretch and the oil starts to stretch. It's not until you put faith in the action the Bible says in James that faith without works is dead. And he goes through a whole scenario. If you say to your brother, you see them without a coat, you see them that, that they're, they're missing clothing, and it's cold outside, and you say, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. Stay warm. I'm just going to pray warmth over you. I'm going to pray an abundance of heat. I'm going to pray that God will take the sun out and stay longer for you on your spot. And you have an extra jacket, and you don't give it to him. The Bible says that your faith is dead. Now, I don't know about you, but dead faith does not please God. His word says it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
So if, if you're like, well, I'm just going to pray for people, and, and don't get me wrong, there is supernatural power in prayer, and we take ground through prayer, but there's going to come time when you have things that you can help somebody with, and it's going to require you to take that step of faith, put some action behind your faith. That is when you see the mighty move of God happen. Yes, you could pray and say, God, I pray that $1,000 is going to pop right out of that seat into the next person that comes up and, gives, and sits in that chair because they need money. Well, he might say, well, Steve, I need you to take $1,000 out of your pocket and give it to them. Then you're going to have to make a decision. Well, Lord, what if I don't have, I, I've only got, I mean, that, that's the last of it. Do you trust me? Do you believe me? You're saying you do. Where's your faith? Where's your action? Where's that action of faith? Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm not telling you just because Pastor Steve said, you're, I'm not telling you to put no numbers on it. You listen to his voice. Whose report are you going to believe in these times? When the God starts speaking to you, do something. It might not be giving money. It might just be simply give someone an extra roll of toilet paper for good Lord. You know, you, you made some hand sanitizer and you're going to be tempted to go, this is mine and for my family. Squirt half of it out and give it to someone else that doesn't have any. I wonder if that squirt bottle is going to last a little longer. I wonder if God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder if, if the children of Israel that walked in the desert for 40 years, you know, their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never ran out. They never went without. God provided for them. I wonder if he still really is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, you don't have to put me in my word. God's a big God. Take him at his word. Step out in faith. Get in the boat. And he says, we're going to go to the other side. Guess what, church? We're going to make it. We're going to go to the other side. He didn't say there wouldn't be a storm. He said, we're going to make it to the other side. And when that storm came, you go to Christ, you go to Jesus, and you, and you say, Lord, I need you. And he'll get up and rebuke it. But guess what? He's also given us authority, the keys to the kingdom, to use our authority that we have. But you don't have authority when you operate out of fear. You give your keys to the kingdom to the enemy. When you, when you step out in fear, you have no authority. Fear takes your authority away. You have to walk out in faith. And you have to stand up like a, like a man or a woman of God and stand on what his word says. Amen? Amen. The widow did what the Lord said, faith in action. Verse 15, so she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family. Look at that. Just by her action of faith, supplied for many others. She and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There's always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Let me pray for you, church. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this passage of scripture. It is truly awesome. It is a great reminder, Lord, that you are still the God of miracles, that you still use people to provide miracles. We thank you for that, Lord. We, we thank you, and, and we're excited to be called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, we honor you. And if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that may be watching, I know our church is probably in good shape, but there may be, just by chance, someone that is I'm watching this now, or going to watch it, and you don't know about this God that I've been speaking about. You say, that all sounds good this, there, bro, but um, I don't know if that's real or not. I challenge you to take an action faith, a step, step of faith and say, God, if this is real, what you're talking about, I want that. See, I serve a big God. I don't have to convince you. I don't have to force you. I would just say, you know what? Ask him. 
to reveal himself. Because his word says, those who seek me and search for me with all of their heart, I will be found by you. He's a big God. I, I don't have to, he can handle this. I don't have to convince you. God will reveal himself. If you humble yourself and you seek him and search for him with all your heart, he will be found by you. So I challenge you to do that. And if you don't know what it looks like to surrender your life to Christ or say, if you're saying, Pastor Steve, I need peace. I need that. You very humbly simply say, God, I need you. I don't have all the answers. I know you do. Or I hope you do. Maybe that's where your faith is. I trust you do. I don't know. But you say, God, I need you. Please come into my life. I surrender myself to you. I put my hope, my trust, my future in your hands. And I believe that you are the solid rock. And it's a very simple prayer. You, you humble yourself, submit yourself to him, and he will lift you up. Amen? Amen. All right, church, um, keep, keep informed. We'll keep trying to put some stuff on Facebook here and there, videos. Um, if you uh, do, if, you, if you're out and about and happen to uh, want to come by the church and drop something off, you can. And we're going to be collecting food. And if you want to make some, uh, a separate donation, a lot of people have been doing that, by the way. This church is awesome. If you guys want to make donations to Benevolence to help people, you can write a check out and, and tag it in Benevolence. And we'll strictly go to helping people during this time or helping others. Um, and if it's tithes and regular offering, you want us to decide what to do with it like we normally do, then you just put it in an envelope and send it and we'll take care of it. We thank you. Be blessed. And uh, we'll try to keep you informed as much as we can. Bye-bye.